All right, so this is episode one of my first podcast, um, Entra Athlete. And, um, you know, I, I, I went to dive ahead first into a podcast. It's, it's always been something that I've been very interested in. And, you know, I learn a lot from podcasts. So just from in my own experiences of listening to podcasts and people who give very good and valuable information, you know, I thought to myself, I really want to do that, too. I know a lot of great and awesome people that have a lot of information to give and a lot of um, wealth of knowledge to spread and to to give out to people who really want that information. So I thought, why not start my own podcast, call it Entre Athlete in the sense of, you know, we're 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 helping build entrepreneurs. That's what this is uh, for people who get into the fitness industry and start to run their own business. Um and we're we're fitness professionals, we're athletes and stuff like that. And so entre athlete. So what entre athlete is is that entrepreneur, and then that athlete in the sense of hustle when it comes to building a brand and marketing yourself and marketing your craft. Um, it's to the point where you train and you develop yourself the same way as an athlete. So that's how we got entre athlete. Um, on this first episode, we talked to a really good friend of mine, my friend Will Padgett Brown. Uh, I've known Will for quite some t- some time now. Uh, can't talk and um will is a really great guy when it comes to um the knowledge and the science behind everything from nutrition to uh fitness and to just understanding how everything works as well when it comes to building a business and developing your craft will has has his own personal training business and now he owns a gym in charlotte virginia called iron will gym um Today, we just touched on basic things just from, you know, how he got into the business and how he got his start and what drove him to get there and um, how he jumped over the obstacles and continued to develop himself even through all the stress and why he stayed passionate and what allowed him to stay passionate. So we're going to jump into the podcast. So we got uh, Will Paget Brown here. Um, so I'm just gonna introduce Will into the show. Uh, I'll let I'll let Will kind of introduce himself, and and we'll we'll ask him some questions and uh, get his take on a few things. So what's up, Will? What's up, guys? Um, so I'm the owner of newly opened Iron Will Gym here in town. Um, my fitness journey started. I'm 25, so my fitness journey started pretty early. Uh, I first got into lifting when I was. 13 or so, um, and really fell in love with bodybuilding really early. Um, so from very early on, I had a very specific goal in mind. I didn't really think that I was ever going to compete, mm-hmm. um, but I always had that interest and I was always following bodybuilding and sort of training with that bodybuilding style. Kind of stay on top of like the trend. Yeah, absolutely. And, and from there, just trying to stay as up to date on current research, trying to make sure that my training was as efficient as possible, that I was paying attention to mm-hmm. nutrition. Um, But it was a long process, as I think everyone's fitness Mm -hmm. journey is. Um, And it really wasn't until college where I really started to get more serious about Mm -hmm. things um, and really started taking 
um, more of a passion behind it mm. and realizing that this really could be a career. Instead of just kind of just doing it just because it was like a thing, you were it was more of like you were starting to fall in love with it. Just Absolutely. Like, kind of just Absolutely. like my, most athletes do with sports, you yeah. know, football players, uh, soccer players, whatever. It becomes a sport at that point yeah. instead of just like a, a hobby. Yeah. And, so, and that's exactly it. Is is it first through high school and in the beginning of college, mm-hmm. it really was. It was just a hobby. Really working out was really like great stress mm-hmm. relief for me. Um, that's how I made it through a lot of really stressful yeah. days at school and, and whatnot. Um, but as I said, sort of mm-hmm. right around college when I really started to have to sit down and think mm-hmm. about, you know, what do I want to do with my life? Um, I was taking a completely different approach, actually. I thought I was going to law school, um, graduated with that intention mm-hmm. in mind. I was working on my law school applications. Mm-hmm. And as cliche, as silly as it sounds, but... I got to that essay question that said, why do you want to go to law school? And you're just and, like, I just don't even. Yeah, and, and I'm sitting there and, you know, I'm thinking about all the things that I'm passionate about, all the mm-hmm. things that I really love, all the things that I could see myself doing for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And I realized that whatever law capacity not, of law, that, that yeah. just wasn't for me. And I think mm-hmm. until that question, um, I had never really thought about thought it. Thought about it. That in depth, and yeah. um, sort of after that, then, when that's my life goal, that's my plan, mm-hmm. to then have that kind of taken away because I realized that wasn't what I wanted, yeah. then I was completely lost for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, but I had always had this passion for fitness mm-hmm. that had sort of been building in the background, and I thought maybe while I was at law school, I'd do some personal training yeah. on the side, help pay the bills or something. But then you realize, um, like, you just want to just go and attack it like law. You don't you don't have to wait that long mm-hmm. until you get into law and you realize, like, I don't even like the shit yeah. that I'm doing. Yeah. like. I, I want to get into it now because it's, it's what I love. Yeah, and I think I'm really fortunate in that <clears throat> sense that I did realize that as I was writing the essay mm-hmm. rather than a lot of people make it into law school or through law school mm-hmm. and then realize that they don't actually want to practice. Um, but as I said, I just don't think I really put the thought into it. So when I really started thinking about it, um, started uh, looking at some gyms that I could possibly train at, mm-hmm. got my uh, certification through the National Academy of Sports Medicine, um, started interviewing at a few gyms, mm-hmm. and from there I realized that what I wanted to bring to the fitness mm-hmm. industry, um, which was a science and evidence-based approach, mm-hmm. um, staying up to date on the current mm-hmm. research. Instead of um, just being somebody who's just like, I know how to work out, yeah. let me do this, yeah. without having the science behind it to really explain everything and how it works. Exactly. And, and as much as I love the fitness industry, I think there's a whole lot wrong with it. So I didn't want to go yeah. into it um, and just sort of be another personal mm-hmm. trainer that was just taking people through workouts yeah. just to get the client's money and, mm-hmm. and something like that. There's an actual purpose behind it. Yeah, besides, exactly, exactly. Besides just doing it just for the, the mm-hmm. money. Yeah. So um, from there, I uh, decided that I was going to renovate my garage at my house um, mm-hmm. and turn that into my little personal training studio. Mm-hmm. So I was really thrown in from like having no real goals with the mm-hmm. fitness side of things to all of a sudden hitting it head on, running yeah. my first business, having That's no cool. idea what I was doing in yeah. terms of marketing. Um, and really just learning on the fly, which has really helped mm-hmm. now later on the, along the line. Mm-hmm. So I was doing that for about two and a half years, training at some other gyms, really just trying to stay as busy as I could, get and as much how, experience as I how could. Did that, like, how did you see kind of like your business fluctuate as far as getting people to come to like your home gym? Um, was it like a, a good mix of people that was actually coming out, like a, a good amount, or was it kind of was it fairly low to start off just it because was, it's a home gym? Yeah, it was really slow to start off, really slow for sure. Um, and that was where I really um, had to sort of branch out and, and mm-hmm. go out of my comfort zone. I, I had this really great setup where I wasn't paying rent to anybody in, yeah. in terms of the gym. I didn't have to answer to anybody on, on and the that, work And that's front. the dream. That's the entrepreneur Ex- side. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Um, but I quickly realized that 
it's not as easy as it looks on yeah. paper. Um, so that's when I really started looking at where else can I train, picking up as many clients as I could. I was mm-hmm. training at UVA here in town, um, at some other local gyms. And I think that was so beneficial for me because I just got so much experience with mm-hmm. all these different cut types of backgrounds, all these different mm-hmm. types of clients. Um, so I was doing that for about two and a half years and it was all always my goal that I was going to mm-hmm. open a more substantial personal training mm-hmm. studio. Something that was more professional. Mm-hmm. People weren't driving out to my house, just working yeah. out in the garage. And it could sketch people out like, I got to go to this guy's house. Exactly, like, exactly. I don't know if he's going to be like a serial killer. Yeah, so, he's going to so, rape me or something like so, that. So, <laughs> on that. So on that note, I would uh, meet people at um, coffee shops. So it's less sketchy. So, so we meet somewhere in town because it was, I mm-hmm. live about 15 minutes outside of town. So mm-hmm. to get people to come and do that first session. So there were a lot of obstacles with that, but every single business is Mm -hmm. going to have obstacles. And Mm -hmm. I think it's so, so important to be aware and and conscious of those obstacles because then you can address it. Yeah, and then to stick with it. Don't just give up just because it's it's taking a while. Absolutely. So you had to kind of like develop that rapport first before you get people to really – and it's a slow startup. Yeah. So, I mean, to get to to where you are now – Coming from that, um, what also made you push even harder from starting from that to get to where you are now to, you know, owning your own gym and having your own um, location within a city here like Charlottesville? Yeah, so I will say that it was really about opportunity. And, and mm-hmm. I think so much of life is, is much more about taking advantage of the opportunities mm-hmm. around you rather than it is um, having all of the answers or, mm-hmm. or having things set up. You can plan endlessly, but at the mm-hmm. end of the day, action is what, what makes yeah, the difference. Yeah, you have to actually take the risk. Um, and that's what I think I, I had been doing, and that's what I had been mm-hmm. struggling with, is there had been maybe some opportunities to expand into another space. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure I was quite ready for it, but I also think at some point you kind of do just have to mm-hmm. jump into the deep end. So what really brought that opportunity mm-hmm. was Gold's Gym here in Charlottesville closing. Um, and through that, I was able to get quite a bit of the equipment, or mm-hmm. really the equipment that I wanted from Gold's, um, and then from there, add on to some equipment. Mm-hmm. I found this great space, um, really hard to find space that, that rent-wise worked yeah. in, in my budget. Especially great here. Space. Yeah, here yeah. in Charlottesville, it, cer- it certainly does get pricey. Um, so then from there, it really was, okay, now I have this opportunity, but mm-hmm. how do I actually make it happen? Yeah. How do I go from now this idea Put it to fruition, and the yeah. potential mm-hmm. um, to actually, yeah, exactly, um, is, is make, it, make it actually happen? Um, so the... The last probably four months have definitely been the, the most stressful yeah. months of my life. Um, but it's a lot I, of paperwork, I, a lot of paperwork involved. Oh yeah, of, I mean the, the regulations that you have yeah. to, to go through, and then the law um, law side behind it, getting taxes and all that stuff set up. Absolutely, and and it was nice, I think, because I, I was sort of able to ease into owning my mm-hmm. own business through my personal training studio at home because. Mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't a very big business for a mm-hmm. long time. I didn't have very many clients, mm-hmm. so it was it was easy to sort of slowly get into get that into routine. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if I had just started this from scratch, from scratch, nothing. I would be so far out of my yeah. own. I would have no idea mm-hmm. what I'm doing, and, and I'm still learning every day. I'm, I'm certainly certainly don't have the handle on everything, but uh, as I said, life's so much more about taking advantage of opportunities mm-hmm. and and sort of rolling with the punches, as cliche as that is. But you're mm-hmm. never going to be able to figure everything out. And the, the people who are going to make a difference, the people who are going to achieve their goals, mm-hmm. achieve their dreams, are the people who are just going to act on yeah. those dreams. Because mm-hmm. um, I've, I've noticed a lot, they, you know, there's a quote where they say, try to have the, the brain of a child, because children are always trying to learn something. And, you know, as you get older and you become an adult, you get more complacent, you think you know everything, and people want to stop learning. And, 
you know, I, I find like that's the best thing with entrepreneurs and people who build businesses that they they're constantly learning. They say every entrepreneur reads like a book a week. Now I know I don't read a book a week. I might get a book and read like a, a paragraph, but I'm not reading a week. But the mindset is there. So how did that work for you? As far as you know, as you were through the process of you know finding a location, getting a gym, how did you educate yourself in doing all of that to to stay on top of what you needed to do? Um, you had to have some type of background or, or to know what to do to take those steps. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've never heard that quote before, but, but I absolutely resonate with that. And I, again, I think it's just so much of a mindset of, of sort of being that go-getter and knowing that there, there's going to be so many things that you don't yeah, know how to do. Stressors. But you have to have that ability and that drive to mm-hmm. figure it out. Um, I remember really like the process of going through the permits, um, going through the process of like, one specific mm-hmm. thing was my old personal training business was Progressive Physiques LLC, mm-hmm. and I wanted to change the name to operate as Iron Will Gym. Mm-hmm. So to go through that, there's all the paperwork, and you have to go to court, uh, clerk's office and, and all that yep. stuff. So it was it was all learning on the go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know how to do any of the things. Um, yeah. from, from the business side, I mean, I, I have a degree in business administration, um, but in terms of the actual little day-to-day stuff on, yeah. on how to file these forms and do it, yeah. you just have to put yourself out there and learn yeah. it. The internet is your best friend. You can Google anything. Google, you can go man. on YouTube. You can find out how to mm-hmm. do anything. Um, and it's just, are you going to do it? Are you, are you going to put Actually it to stick to and, it and mm-hmm. do it? And yeah. it, at that point, it just depends on how much you want it, exactly. you know, and, and exactly. how passionate you are about it. And that's where the passion comes in because you're not passionate enough. Yeah. Then it, it really wasn't something that you actually wanted. It was kind of just an idea yeah. at that point. Yeah. And, and there's so many reasons why businesses fail. And, and but, but I think one of the big reasons is because people aren't really true to themselves mm-hmm. with, is this something that I'm really passionate about? Because I really think that if you're, if you're passionate enough about something, mm-hmm. you'll find a way to make it. You'll, mm-hmm. you'll probably have to change business models. You'll probably mm-hmm. have to change ideas. But you'll find a way to work if yeah. you want it badly enough. Um, and, and sometimes I think people, like I would have with law school, mm-hmm. get into something before they really have that moment of clarity where they really realize yeah. what they do or, or don't want um, to mm-hmm. do with it. It's kind of just kind of a spur of a moment action where somebody's just like, I'm just going to do something and just see what happens. But as soon as it gets hard... Yeah. Most people quit. I mean, that's why there's not a lot of billionaires and stuff out here. Yeah, cause absolutely. Billionaires, they, they, you know, they get challenges, they get frustrations, they get stressors, but they find a way to overcome to get through. I mean, look at guys like, you know, Jay-Z. Uh, you got P. Diddy. Of course, I can already, I already know. Like, we all know those guys probably went through hell to get where they yeah, are, especially yeah. growing up where they grew up, where there's nothing. And then they're just building off of other people. Yeah. And whatever happens, they just get over that. Um and I, I feel like that's that's how it is for most people who run businesses. They're actually successful, especially in the fitness industry, because it's all sl- everybody is trying to do something in fitness. Yeah, yeah. And so it's it's basically dog eat dog, and the only person, the only people that actually are successful are the ones who are just that passionate about it. Yeah, yeah. And and so with that, sort of my vision for this gym is to provide something completely different than mm-hmm. than it is here in Charlottesville. And I think that's why I've been so passionate about it because. With Gold's closing, I saw so many people losing a home. And I, I don't think people realize mm-hmm. how personal a gym is to um, most people. Is, yeah. is to people. Mm-hmm. There were people who had been going to Gold's for 15, 20, 25 so, yeah, years. Yes. Um, people who had grown up in from, Gold's. Yeah, grown in up Gold. in Gold's, yeah. had worked at Gold's mm-hmm. for years. So to see that and, and people losing that, that also really inspired mm-hmm. me to. Um, 
push even harder to make sure that I could yeah. make my dream a reality. I know that this gym is not a replacement for Gold's. That's not the point of it. Um, but this gym is providing another outlet for mm -hmm. a lot of the people that had a home at Gold's. Mm -hmm. and who are just, missing that. That yeah. just weren't going to fit mm -hmm. in at any other gym in town. Now, I'm completely honest with this gym. This gym is not right for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes back to really having a passion for what you do and, and being true and honest with yourself. Yep. Um, as I said, the gym's not going to be right for everyone, but there is a gym in town mm -hmm. that's going to be a good fit for, for everyone. anybody. Yeah. And, and I think there's a lot of people here already and, and probably a lot more people mm -hmm. that this will be a good fit for. So being able to provide that experience, mm -hmm. um, being able to provide that space for people to come mm -hmm. here and train, um, when they really weren't sure if they were ever going to have, mm -hmm. um, or at least in the foreseeable future, any gym like that here in town, mm -hmm. that's been really, really rewarding. And as I said, I think that was something that really yeah. motivated me even more mm -hmm. when, when there were times and, and there were a lot of times even through the process, um, where I wasn't sure if I was actually yeah. going to be able to pull it off. And, and, and that's what, what continued giving me that drive to, to make sure I did. And I noticed before, before your gym, um, actually opened, you know, there's a lot of people just going to just the the basic commercial gyms that are here. I mean, no flack to those gyms. I'm, I mean, I'm sure for somebody, there's, they're, they're great gyms, but for those people who are coming from that Gold's culture, they weren't getting that atmosphere that they wanted of a pure gym. So that's why a lot of people were waiting for your gym because they're not going to get that that style from Planet Fitness, Anytime Fitness, or um, what what other what yes, other gyms Snap besides Fitness, like you know, all, yeah. all those gyms YMCA ACAC and, and again there's nothing wrong with those gyms and there's so many people clearly there's hundreds of members yeah. at any one of those gyms there's so many people that fit into those gyms and with this I'm it is a business so at, at some point there mm -hmm. is there is competition but I'm not really trying to compete with any of those gyms yeah. because I know that they have their little segment of the market. Yeah. And, and the reality is, is a lot of the people that I already have here were went to those other gyms and were not getting along with the management over there. Mm -hmm. You know, if a gym's going to have Olympic platforms and a gym's yeah. going to have squat racks and things, they gotta, they um, allow you, you to bang have weights. to allow yeah. people to actually lift. Yeah. And, and that's what commercial gyms don't actually want. Mm -hmm. Commercial gyms generally make money on the people who pay for a membership and don't go to a gym. Um, and, and I know that's different mm -hmm. here because every single member here Regardless of goals, we have tons of different backgrounds, mm -hmm. but everybody in here is in here to work. And, and yeah. that's why it's such an inspiring yeah. environment already in, in the four weeks that mm -hmm. we've been open. Because, you know, somebody might be coming in just for like more general mm -hmm. weight loss type thing. And somebody like you might be in here training specifically for a power sport. Yeah. yeah I mean. But it brings people together because everybody has a goal. It's mm -hmm. not the same goal, mm -hmm. but everybody has a goal. And they have the ability to feed off and work off each other. Mm -hmm. Like That's what I really like about. Um, you know, like private gyms like this that aren't commercial because the people that come in the gym are people who actually have uh, specific goals and they want to work. It's because when you like, I've had experience in commercial gyms, and there's people that go to commercial gyms that don't even want to work out. They just go so they can either say they do it or so they can feel better about themselves mentally by saying, "Hey, I went to the gym today, even if I just sat there on my phone yeah. for 20 minutes along with 30 other people yeah. that may not even mm -hmm. show up for the next six weeks." And, and so. I just want people to be into fitness. I, I think everybody should be strength training mm -hmm. to some extent because of the health benefits of it. I think everybody should be doing cardio to some extent because of the health benefits of mm -hmm. it. Um, but I don't think that that you know heavy weight lifting or consistent weight lifting mm -hmm. is, is necessarily going to be a good fit mm -hmm. for everyone. If somebody loves to do CrossFit, 
great. My personal opinions on CrossFit probably differ. Yeah. But, but if they're happy, mm-hmm. if they're into fitness, if they're healthier, it gets them then, moving. then that's what yeah. I want. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I said, this is, this is not meant to be a gym for everyone. I'm not trying to cater to everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where gyms lose a lot of the specificity is when mm-hmm. they, uh, or, or lose a lot of their um, community is when they, they don't try and be specific with who they're targeting yeah. to. So they try and cater to the heavier lifters mm-hmm. and they try and cater to the people who are just going in to do cardio. Mm-hmm. Um, and in all these different goals, so you walk into the gym and you don't really get a, a sense of what the gym really is. It, yeah. The gym itself doesn't really have an identity. Kind of just like a clusterfuck of exactly because so. because the management, the owners, they, they don't really want, care about it. They just want numbers. The they money. Just want yep. How many members can we get mm-hmm. in? And that's not the point of this. As I said, it's it's obviously a business. Mm-hmm. It needs to be run like a business, mm-hmm. but. My main purpose with this, honestly, is to provide a space for people. Um, my main source of income mm-hmm. still is is my personal training, mm-hmm. um, and that's what what I really love to do. Mm-hmm. I love working with clients. Um, it's it's so so rewarding to mm-hmm. take someone who's maybe uncomfortable in the gym, not very into fitness, mm-hmm. and get them um, into and, that and getting them into that. So so other personal trainers might have. Um, might be more energized by working with athletes and really mm-hmm. taking them from you know already an elite mm-hmm. level to an even more elite level mm-hmm. and, and actually yeah. get them competing. Um, in, in all the power to those guys, but yeah. but I know what what really yeah. satisfies me. And, and the more people, as I said, that I can just yeah. get to love fitness yeah. to some extent, um, that's that's what makes me yeah. happy. And, at the end and of the day. that's what makes it special. Like that's where the passion shows. Where you can train somebody that really doesn't know what they're doing and get them to love it, to want to do it, and then from there they can get more people into it. Absolutely. And that's what's special with with a gym like this is a gym where the atmosphere is, it's a, a high atmosphere. So it's it's not that you walk in and just like you see people who aren't doing anything and you're like, well, that's probably okay. Then it's not going to drive them. But you come in here, you see people actually working, and they're not like intimidating or yeah. you know looking at you like. Hey, look at this guy. He doesn't do anything. They're actually going to help push them. Like, hey, we're here to support. Like, yeah. we want to get you into it as well. Yeah. And that's that's what I like about your gym as well, Iron Will, just because there there is like that family aspect for anybody that comes in here. It's all open arms. And I've I've noticed that people that that aren't in the powerlifting or bodybuilding and stuff, they still like being around us that do powerlifting bodybuilding because we give them that family aspect and it it makes them have fun in here, aside from just training. They they actually enjoy it. Yeah, so. com- completely agree. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, you definitely see that. And, and when you walk into the gym, yeah, people are, are laughing and, and talking and, and stuff in between sets. But but that's always my approach to training. I might mess around in between sets. I might be on mm-hmm. my phone doing stuff in between mm-hmm. sets. But as soon as that set starts for me, it's time there's only one thing that matters, mm-hmm. and and that is that set. Um, and and. I just think with this gym, we have really an opportunity to create the community Mm -hmm. um, and sort of mold the community to the way that we all want it. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a vision for this gym, but I know that at the end of the day, you have to keep Mm -hmm. your customers happy. And my members are Mm -hmm. are my customers. So um, because I'm so involved, because I'm here all the time, because Mm -hmm. I'm running the gym by myself, all of the feedback, all of the complaints, all of the suggestions, Mm -hmm. all of that comes right back to me. 
And I think that's, again, where I can mm -hmm. differentiate myself from other gyms because I'm really going to be receptive to mm -hmm. that. And I want all of my members mm -hmm. to know that if they have a question, if they have a concern, if mm -hmm. they have a suggestion, bring it to you. Um, like, bring it you know. to me yeah. and, and we'll do something about it. And that's and, good because at commercial gyms, you can't do that. You can take it to manage, management, but they're not going to they're not gonna care for the most part. They'll be like, all right, whatever. You're still going to pay for your membership because you're in this contract and we really don't care what you really want because you still need a gym and you still have to pay this contract. So we'll listen, but we're not going to really care. And that's that's what I like about like the private gym aspect. They really want the members to to feel like they're getting their money's worth, so they want to go to the gym. And that's what I like about here because um, I know you you do the whole thing where you're asking people about what equipment they want. And I know you, you got the belt squat coming. And what what did you just bring in? The uh, we just got a, a hammer strength bicep curl and a calf machine. Those are two smaller pieces. Mm -hmm. um, had a lot of requests for those. Uh, the two main requests right now are for a belt squat, which mm -hmm. is a really unique piece of equipment. I've yeah. never actually used one. So that's, again, where you know I benefit from yeah. my members having great mm -hmm. suggestions as well. That's not something that I would have thought mm -hmm. of. Um, but a stair climber and, and a belt mm -hmm. squat, so I'll definitely be looking to uh, mm -hmm. get that in the, in the future. It's just a more mm -hmm. substantial piece of, of equipment and, mm -hmm. and whatnot. But um, the, the gym's only going to get mm -hmm. better from here, and, and it's only going to get better through the feedback of the members. Actually and I really think good. when the community really buys into that, mm -hmm. and I think everyone here has, but mm -hmm. when more of the, the Charlottesville community mm -hmm. buys into that, um, I, I think this gym's only going to get better and the, and the community's only mm -hmm. going to grow. Um, and, and as long as we're focused, as, as long as we're focused on preserving that community mm -hmm. at the same time um, and keeping it specific, as I said, mm -hmm. not just trying to cater to everyone, uh, I, I think this gym's gonna gonna be successful. Off, um, yeah. But but successful in the sense that it really provides that space and that outlet that, that people wouldn't have at a commercial gym. Yeah. And it's that's that's good business. Like that's the su supply and demand side. Like you know, people want certain things, and you have it in your gym. They see that you're receptive and you're listening to to what they actually want. And that's any that's any business like whether it's Walmart or you know even down to Jiffy Lube, Honda, Chevy. You know people that put in stuff. If they actually pay attention to it, and they're like, okay, maybe we should bring this into the picture and introduce it. It actually makes people want that product more, and that's just good business side of um, you know having a gym. And I think it's important in gyms because uh, people want to do certain things in gyms. Uh, they want to use certain machines. They want to do certain exercises. And if they see that the management or, or the boss will actually bring that stuff in so they can do that, it just makes the business as a whole just look better. And, and I don't think, again, going back to how personal and, and how much of an emotional attachment you can have with the gym, that's because how many hours a week do you spend in a gym? Mm -hmm. You know, most people in here are probably spending, I'd say, four to eight hours a week mm -hmm. in, in here in this gym. That's a significant amount yeah. of time. The only places you're gonna be spending yeah. more time are work and home. Mm -hmm. um, so for third on the list to be the gym, I want every single person in here yeah. to be really comfortable with that. I know that they're trusting me mm -hmm. to provide that space mm -hmm. for them, so I really wanna make sure that, that I'm able to They have to everything that. that they need, yeah. Um, and as I said, the, the gym will only get better from here, and, and I'm really excited to yeah. see where, where it goes in, in the future years. Um, in what future mm -hmm. you know iterations we have of, of this gym, maybe in new spaces and things. Now, now you talked about you got into fitness when you were thirteen. Mm -hmm. What what made you? What influenced you? Like, was it something on TV or was it just like ads? I know for a lot of people, it's just like you know, for me, that got me into fitness. Well, one, you know, I was an athlete growing up as a kid, but also like 
watching like wrestling. I was huge into wrestling, so I'm looking at Hulk Hogan and like Triple H, The Rock, and then like my favorite cartoon was He Man, and he's he's jacked and like in today's world he'd be roided out of his mind. But it was just seeing guys like that. So what got you into wanting to do fitness and bodybuilding and stuff like so that? So being completely honest and a little bit conceited, but when I first <laughs> got into lifting at 13, it was very much because I wanted big arms and big chests because I thought that's how you got girls. And that's true. That's how it is for most people. That's like, how a lot of guys guys get into fitness. Seems like and, that now. I yeah. got into it with all my friends. Like basically at that point, mm-hmm. everybody was getting into the mm-hmm. gym. Um, but I think the difference was is, is I very quickly transitioned from that because I was trying to learn more and more about it. Mm-hmm. So I saw the other side of it where, mm-hmm. where I then got interested in the bodybuilding aspect mm-hmm. and sort of the science behind it. Yeah. Um, whereas a lot of my friends just kind of got burnt out on, you know, if, if you're lifting just for someone else, you're yeah. going to get bored of yeah, that pretty quickly. Um, and then from there, it was really a progression. So I really just started falling in love with like seeing changes in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, not drastic. I mean, it, progress is, is very, very slow, yeah. especially in the beginning. I, yeah. I try very hard to, to be consistent with my training, to um, have some sort of structure to my yeah. program, but I have no idea what I was yeah. doing in the beginning. Um, because generally you can Google something and yeah. you'll get like the top result will be do this exercise, it's the best exercise. Do like four sets of curls. Second result is never do this exercise. It's the worst exercise (laughs) you can do. So there is so much misinformation Mm -hmm. in in the fitness industry um, that it did take me a really long time Mm -hmm. to sort of get on my feet. Mm -hmm. But but once I really started seeing the results, once I got more interested in sort of following the body side and learning Mm -hmm. more, um, then I really felt like the the Mm -hmm. power was in my hands and Mm -hmm. I had the control. And and being in control of your own body Mm -hmm. and knowing that Okay, I want to gain five pounds. I want to lose five pounds. I want to put on this muscle. And this I want to lose do this it. muscle. Mm-hmm. You know how to do that. You have mm-hmm. the tools. So it takes away a lot of the stress, I think, personally, at least for me. It takes away a lot of the stress that um, people can have over their appearance when you know that you have that ability mm-hmm. to make that change. Mm-hmm. The reality is, is will never. I know I will never reach the goals, my bodybuilding goals, yeah. um, that, that I want to. But it makes you push more and more because to get there even though you know you'll never fully get there because you know of exactly. science you exactly know? you know everybody's going to have their own limitations and, and there's we, genetics involved and all that stuff yeah, so. we, but we can always progress and, and oh, that's yeah. what i love about about bodybuilding now is that really is is my focus yeah um is that i know that if i put in the work i'm going to mm-hmm. be a little bit better than i was yesterday yeah and and, and i also love that it's all encompassing like it's it's now nutrition for the last like probably six years I've been strict about tracking mm-hmm. macros um, I've been training with a specific bodybuilding style program mm-hmm. um, with that in mind for probably the last eight years mm-hmm. um, I never get bored of this stuff yeah. I, I just love the progression mm-hmm. I, I love going into the gym it's, it's still that source mm-hmm. of, of stress relief for me um, and, and I think that's what's really important for people to, to do is, is to learn to fall in love with mm-hmm. the process if you're goal oriented mm-hmm. that's great but if you're results driven, mm-hmm. that's bad. Cause yeah, because you're, you're not going to want to take satisfied. the time because you're going to plateau and you're just going to quit. Mm-hmm. And I, I see that honestly with a lot of people. Like, not necessarily within what I do because I'm a powerlifter, so we're all about progress, you know. Because, you know, with the how taxing it is on your central nervous system, there's going to be days where, say, I go into the gym Monday, I squat 600 pounds, I may come in Wednesday and moving 400 pounds feels like. I don't know, like, I've got, like, bricks in my legs. Like, I just can't yeah. get the weight up. And from from there, you have to understand, like, hey, I need to maybe 
you know, check my ego, drop some of the weight, and then progress slowly. Because if not, I'm just going to burn myself out. And then that's when you get pissed off. And you're like, I don't even want to do this anymore because it's not going like how I want it. And, you know, a lot of guys, you know, they get into that and they try to rush it. Yeah. And when they rush it, that's when they, you know, they can't either start to fall in love with it or they're just not even going to even try at that point. Yeah. And, and because the fitness industry is so popular now, and, and that's not a bad thing. As I said, I wish more people were into fitness. Um, but we see so much of social media and we see mm-hmm. the best of. Yeah. of and people you know, want it now. Yeah. Physics, yeah. And, and everything's about now. And everybody comes to me, mm-hmm. you know, what, what exercise can I do to do this? What I, what you know? What can I eat to do this? Mm-hmm. Generally, the really disappointing answer is keep doing what you're doing, but do it for a whole hell of a lot longer. Yeah, because sometimes that, it takes years. That's to not even... the answer that people want. Yeah, and maybe it's weird, but that's why yeah. I love it because nobody can take away the work yeah. that I've put in over the last twelve years. Yep. Nobody can take that away. Because mm-hmm. um, some people like I, if you can't tell them like, hey, if you do this, you can retrieve these results in like two weeks yeah if you tell them no it's going to take a while they're going to be like ah, i don't want to hear that because i saw on instagram that so-and-so put up a picture of themselves and they were on this two-week program and yeah. took these products and this is how it happened yeah. i'm like you don't understand that person also it has probably been doing this for years and they're also you know they probably have nutritionists and all that involved they probably they may take some type of ped or you know this just may be photoshop you just don't know and, and so, that's the thing there's there's a lot of misinformation and there's a lot of just flat out lying in the mm-hmm. fitness industry and and that's um where i really want to to try and, and yeah. be different um on that that on that front um and really be a source mm-hmm. of information for my members mm-hmm. um i'm not claiming to know everything but i do certainly think just because of the amount of time that i've been around mm-hmm. the fitness industry that i probably have a, a better understanding of a lot of it. concepts yep. than, than most people so um again not that i that i have the answers to everything but when my members walk in um if they have somebody that they can at least bounce some ideas off mm-hmm. of, bounce some questions off mm-hmm. of you know ask me about something that mm-hmm. they saw I'm never going to lie to someone if I, if I don't know the mm-hmm. answer. Um, generally, if I don't know the answer, yeah. then that's something really interesting in me. Yeah. And I'll, I'll probably look, look it that up, up yep. myself. Um, but that's what needs to change in, in the fitness industry. Mm-hmm. People people need to, to learn to love the process, and, and people need to... Um, they also need to realize, like, social media, it's not... It's not all truth. Like that's the point of it being social media. You know, it's just something you can put out quick, and people are gonna, you know, take to, and you know, that'll drive them to, you know, maybe search for this product or maybe try to follow this person to look like them. And you know, when they do that, that person they see that they're getting this following. They're like, oh, I could push more and more sponsors on them, and they'll think that this works. That's like the epidemic now. With, you know, you got a lot of people who are in the fitness industry that take steroids or they take uh, trinitestin and then they say that they're natural and they got there by taking uh, just whey protein and maybe like a basic level of testosterone pill and you know they eat five times a day so like what is your what is your take on people who uh you know kind of push that forward like hey um you know this is my six-week program you know i'm i'm jacked right now i look like inhuman but this is how i did it and i'm all natural when you know for sure that they're like like not natural at all. Yeah, right? yeah, and and that again comes down to the the dishonesty that mm-hmm. that is absolutely in the in the fitness industry and, and is rampant in a, in a lot of places. Um, now you and I both know that that to some extent for the elite athletes, mm-hmm. um, performance enhancing drugs are are some yeah. some 
it's it's just part of part yeah. of the part of the sport when you get the, up into the culture, the upper, yep. into the upper elite mm-hmm. levels of the sport. But but what I just really don't understand is because through social media, because people now have the ability mm-hmm. to have massive followings mm-hmm. when they're just some random person. Now people have the um they they have a reason now to maybe take yeah. more risks with their health because yeah. they can see if I look like this, then yeah. I can get that mm-hmm. that big following. Then I can sell more products mm-hmm. like that. Um, I I don't want to say what people should or shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I just think those types of people who are going to um push things that they that they know are incorrect, that they know are dangerous, mm-hmm. that they know is is not how they actually mm-hmm. got to where they were. Um. And put out bad information because they know yeah. that they can sell it. Um, I mean, I, I just think at that point you're a shitty person. Yeah. Like, and like you at the at the end of the day, you have to be able to sleep yeah. at night. And, and if somebody else can sleep at night yeah. doing that, um, then as I said, you know, who am I to tell them what yeah. they can and can't do? That's like um, you got but, the guys. But that's that change we need in the fitness yeah, industry. That's that's like you got the guys out here that are like in the gym, like clearly on steroids. They say, "Oh, I'm all natural," and then they do crazy stuff like. They'll be benching and somebody will be doing a backflip over them, and then you got kids who are seeing this because you know Instagram it's, and stuff like that. It's it's worldwide, and then, you know anybody can have an Instagram. So you've got kids who are just starting out lifting who are seeing these guys do this stuff and they try, and then you you see these statistics that you know kids are dying or because they're trying stupid stuff that they're seeing these people do because they're they're promoting it. Yeah, and in the products, the the legal products, quote unquote legal products that that. A lot of people and, and a lot of mm-hmm. stores sell and, and promote. Um, it's just any industry is going to be um, run by profits. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's just business. Mm-hmm. But we need more people who are in, in the fitness industry mm-hmm. who actually care about fitness mm-hmm. and actually care about people's health. And if you care about fitness and you care about people's mm-hmm. health, then that's a very clear direction mm-hmm. in the opposite direction mm-hmm. from um, sort of this social media, you know, mm-hmm. wh- whatever I can take to look the way I can, mm-hmm. to sell whatever products, to get whatever endorsements I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I also think that falls on to not just the people who are doing that, but also on the companies that are rewarding that. Yeah, that are um, pushing it out there. And, and we all need to make a stand at the same time that if we see a company doing that, if we see a company... Mm-hmm. That, that we feel is being dishonest or mm-hmm. or is just taking the incorrect approach and, and not prioritizing the right things, we need to speak with our clients. Mm-hmm. We need to not support those companies. Mm-hmm. We need to not support those brands. And I, I think that's what people forget is that the consumer always has the power. Yeah. And the sad thing is, is that the reason that the, the fitness industry and, and social media is mm-hmm. the way it is right now is because that's that's what we're buying into. That's what we're spending money on. Mm-hmm. That's how they're, they're getting us to purchase products and, yeah. and things like that. But I will say that people always bash the fitness industry for, you know, like all the negatives. And, and I think any industry is going to have plenty so, of yeah, negatives. Yeah, they're going to have, yeah. And I think even from the time when I first started, you know, being aware of the fitness industry, mm-hmm. there's a lot more people who are very, very transparent online. Um, there's a lot more people who are actually committed to putting out good information. Yeah. And I'm, you're seeing that more and more nowadays, people who are, you know, they're, they're used to seeing this type of stuff on social media or YouTube, and they're getting sick of it. And so they're starting to, like, you know, pinpoint all of this and, and put it out there and then give you actual good information. And they're adding in science, they're adding in statistics, they're adding in, you know, 
uh, articles that they're reading besides just saying, hey, go in the gym, do this, it'll work. Yeah, and, and it's it's awesome. I, I think there's a little bit of like a trend right now, a little bit of a fad to be science and evidence. Yeah. Like to be like, yeah. oh, I read this study or, or something to have yeah. a backup. Like I don't really care whether people are doing that just because it like sounds cool yeah. or for whatever reason. I just care that now finally there there's a push mm-hmm. towards putting out the mm-hmm. correct information. Putting out information that's actually going to be mm-hmm. helpful to people, not, you know, Oh, look at this transformation that this client has. Yeah. Um, I've never once done a transformation mm-hmm. um, picture, and I never will. And the yeah. reason is, is because not that it's not inspiring. I, I know that that's how some people get mm-hmm. into it. It's like, oh, I saw this incredible transformation. That's, just, what, that's what made me put in the work. But I think there's enough people out there who are already doing that. Mm-hmm. It just that's, gives it just gives false hope. Yeah, like, that's that's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. Every single person's different. I don't want to promise somebody that they're going to make this transition because they may not, and it, they they likely won't. And like that's because you have to add in genetics. Like you you can have somebody like like me. I've been lifting forever. I'm just never going to be you know six pack abs shredded. It's just not my genetics. I know guys who just don't lift and they're just automatically shredded. And it's just it's a lot of it's genetics. Like some people can lift over a course of eight weeks, follow a solid program, eat nutrition because of their genetics. They just, you know, their body just looks incredible. Where you have other people, it's going to take them a lot longer because they really have to dial in the yeah. science behind it. Yeah, and, and just like from you and me, we're like both right around the same height. If you compare our strengths, like you probably have like, a, <laughs> like 150, 200 pounds on every yeah. single lift, if not more. Probably more on, on some of those. And, and it is, it absolutely is genetics. genetics. Yeah. It, it absolutely is like, you know, different interests and in, in things, but... We have to learn to accept our bodies for what they are mm-hmm. and our genetics for what they are. Mm-hmm. It's it's not about again. It's not about that end goal, reaching mm-hmm. a point. It's not about reaching you know that social media body that we mm-hmm. see. It's about how can we make ourselves better um, mm-hmm. at whatever that is. You know, if somebody wants to be much better at running, fantastic. I, mm-hmm. I want to support you through yeah. that goal. If somebody wants to run a you know uh, a marathon and do that fantastic mm-hmm. I'll support you through that goal if somebody wants to hit like a 600 pound deadlift mm-hmm. awesome I want to support you through that mm-hmm. goal um, and, and that's just where where things yeah. have changed it's, it's not about the yeah. individual um, although as I said I mm-hmm. think the fitness industry is in some ways doing better than it's starting it to get a lot better it's, than it's it. starting yeah. because now people have the ability through social media anybody mm-hmm. can be famous anybody can put out information mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people who are just mm-hmm. really sick of where the fitness industry mm-hmm. was, and a lot of people now who have massive followings, be specifically because they don't endorse products, because yeah. they don't buy into these and, like transformation programs, and people yeah. really respond to that. I've, I've noticed that you got a lot of people, or either the products they do endorse, they've been taking them for a long time, and they actually like the product. They're not just doing it just because somebody said, "Hey, if you endorse this, you know, we'll give you some money." Like guys that I follow, like Matt Vincent, Russell Orhey, Bryce Lewis, even Meg Squats, you know, just yeah. to name a few. They all only endorse stuff that they really believe in. Um, like you got a guy like Nick Bear. You know, he was tired of the you know supplement industry, so he said, "You know what? I'm just going to make my own supplement, and it's going to be something I actually believe in." And he's done such a good job with it that, you know, he's got people to follow that. But it's because he's true to it. He's honest about what he puts in it. You know, you got people who just, they they can just, anybody can now just, you know, create a protein, create a, you know, a pre-workout and just go, hey, buy this. The label's cool. You know, you're going to get these results. Look at this guy. He takes it. Even though they don't know, he's on four different types of steroids. And that's why he's squatting 2,000 pounds. But 
that's how they push it forward. And I noticed those guys are kind of dying out now. And the people who are, you know, more famous now are the people who are actually putting the science behind it and actually using it as a, a tool to teach yeah. instead of just to say, here, get this because it gets me money. Yeah. Um, I follow a lot of those guys. And even for me, I don't even take, like, mainstream supplements anymore. I go through places that are, they actually give you the science behind what mm-hmm. you have in the product that you're buying. Like Citadel, Citadel Nutrition and, like, True Nutrition. Um, True Nutrition, you can actually build your own protein profile so you know exactly what you're getting and those are the you know the the businesses that i see that are starting to take off now because they're geared towards actual regular people instead of just you know people who are on stuff and you know they're they're only taking because they're getting endorsed by it they're actually putting out good product for for people who may just be average people and I know you did stuff within the, the supplement yeah, for yeah. a little bit. Yeah, and I worked uh, with uh, MTS Nutrition. Uh, had a great experience with them. That was really just um, with the gym opening up. I just didn't really have the, the time commitment to, to stick with that, so mm-hmm. I resigned. So that was more of like a, a sales rep type position. Mm-hmm. I was traveling around. Mm-hmm. And, and that was just another outlet for me to be in the fitness industry, mm-hmm. to help educate mm-hmm. people. Um, and what I loved about that position with MTS Nutrition is, is um, I wasn't – told what supplements to take to demos mm-hmm. i was told take the supplements that you use you like, so you actually basically like. mm-hmm. i'm, I'm kind of like you I, i'm really not that big into supplements i, I think a lot of the supplement industry mm-hmm. um a lot of the supplement categories mm-hmm. um there's just not the science and, and the research yeah. to support mm-hmm. that so basically for me i use a protein a pre-workout multivitamin fish oil yeah. those, those are basically yeah. the only supplements it, that i use that's the same for me and then even you know even an amino just just to help with recovery and mm-hmm. soreness and stuff like that like um i was there was a point when i first got into lifting where i was just addicted to supplements like i had to have this and i had to have that and i wanted this pro- hormone just because it looked cool and somebody told me like yeah you'll put on 20 pounds of muscle in a, in two weeks and then the more and more as like the last couple of years have went by, I've noticed that's all bullshit. Like I'm just taking this capsule and it's not even doing anything. It's a placebo effect. It may be doing something, but it's very minimal yeah. as aside to people who are taking like actual prescribed uh, drugs that you have to get from like a medical office. And, and so on that front, the, the placebo effect can be incredibly powerful. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people yeah. you know do buy into supplements because they're like, oh, I took this, and, and you know, I did have yeah. these incredible results. Well, really, in all in all honesty, probably it wasn't the supplement. Yeah. It was because of your nutrition, your training, yeah. everything. And then your mindset, factor. mentally, you thought and, something and your was working. On that. Um, now, I also don't want to bash the supplement industry because, again, if somebody um, through supplements is mm-hmm. giving somebody a tool to better themselves, mm-hmm. is, is inspiring somebody mm-hmm. to try something new, um, is giving somebody um, a little bit more confidence, you know, maybe through taking this mm-hmm. new supplement, as long as it's something safe that's mm-hmm. researched, through taking this new supplement, you feel like you have a little bit more of an edge. That's and, a, and that's then, how it was for I me. I support that. Yep. Then, then fantastic. So um, I know something that you had mentioned us talking about was like testosterone boosters. So I'll, I'll use that as an example. Um, the, the, the science and the research on testosterone boosters, for someone who's in a normal, mm-hmm. healthy range of testosterone, mm-hmm. a testosterone booster is not going to provide any benefit. Mm-hmm. You might have a slight increase in, mm-hmm. in your total testosterone, mm-hmm. um, 
or free testosterone, mm-hmm. but it's not actually going to strength change gains. your yeah. um, ability to put on yeah. muscle mass. Mm-hmm. It's not going to change your strength. The only times where testosterone levels are going to have an effect mm-hmm. on that is when you get into the super physiological doses yeah. where mm-hmm. it is actual performance enhancing mm-hmm. drugs or um, something along those mm-hmm. lines. And then at um, that point, it could be a safety hazard if you don't know what you're doing. For sure, like, for sure. Like I, for would, me, I would I, say it certainly would be a safety hazard, but with those testosterone-boosting um, supplements, you generally will, with a lot of them, you might mm. feel a little bit more energetic. Mm. Um, for a lot of people, you know, libido. Yeah. They, they might have a little bit of a boost in libido, mm. so they overall feel better. Mm. And when you feel better, generally you're yeah. going to perform better. So and that, That's I, how it is for me. Like, I've, I've taken natural test boosters off and on for the past few years, but I know it wasn't going to do anything for my strength. I just do it basically just for because of my job. Now, I mean, it does help with my mood. It helps with stress. helps with cortisol. And that's why I take it. And they're all natural just because you got stuff in there like ashwagandha. You've mm-hmm. got the deaspartic uh, acid. And all that stuff just helps with, you know, keeping you level for the most part. I'm not... At first, it was sold to me as if I take this base testosterone, my strength's going to go up, size is going to go up. Yeah. And I know that's all bullshit because the dosage isn't high enough, especially it being all natural. Yeah. You know, for me, it's more of I just take it now just to kind of just you know, help with the stress levels. Like I said, those cortisol levels and just keeping me in a, you know, in a good spot. I notice when I don't take it, my energy levels do come down. Yeah. So that's the, that's the part that I like about, you know, a natural test booster. And I wouldn't tell anybody to take it to make them stronger. I'd say, you know, I, I wouldn't buy this if that's what you're looking into it for. I'd buy it if, you know, you want to help with mood and maybe yeah. your energy levels yeah. because of stress. Stress does a lot to the body. For sure. So, and, and so, so through a byproduct of that, if you have a test booster that does have um, some things that are going to be anti-cortisol, those types of things, mm-hmm. then then probably you will actually find over over long-term use that you will actually probably mm-hmm. have some performance benefits from mm-hmm. that. So I'm very hesitant to say that any supplement is mm-hmm. bad. Now, there's certainly some bad supplements out there, but I'm, I'm hesitant in general to say that because we have to account for individual differences Everybody's situation is going to be different. Everybody takes um, to them different. And too. again, I just try as best I can to just inform people and mm-hmm. then let them make their own decisions. And that's what I think we mm-hmm. need more of in the fitness industry mm-hmm. is, is informing people, this is the research on the mm-hmm. supplement. This is what we can do mm-hmm. with it. This is how it should be used. That's up to mm-hmm. you to take. And then giving them the exact information of what it's going to benefit. Instead of, you know, telling them, like, if you if you take it, this is going to happen because it happened for this person, which is not true because everybody's body's different. Everybody yeah, reacts different to different things. Yeah. So that's kind of the aspect that I don't like in the fitness industry is that, you know, that's like back in the day when um, what were those like uh, energy pills that came out that all the wrestlers were endorsing? It was like um, stacked or something like that. It was sure something, and then they were they were selling them in like food lines and shit like that, and uh, they were supposed to help with fat, like hydroxycut when that yeah, first well, came out. Yeah, I thought you were talking about hydroxycut. Yeah, like hydroxycut. Because like every every wrestler, I remember like, and to me, like I said, like growing up, wrestling is where I really saw like how these guys were built, which made me get into it. And then you know, then I played football too at the same time, so I remember back then, like, and this is like I'm I'm young, so this is like early two thousands. Like hydroxy cut and just all these crazy fat burners and stuff they were they were showing, and they were using these wrestlers to promote it. And I'm like, these wrestlers are also very very rich. They've got more resources than just taking some fat burning pill. Yeah. The average person that maybe works a minimum wage job that eats a very very average diet, 
they're not going to see that result. And that's what I don't like is putting it out there as if it will do the same thing. Absolutely. And, and I think that's where it gets lost is because supplements aren't meant to make a drastic change. Mm-hmm. Supplements are going to give you a slight edge, a slight improvement. Um, and that's what they need to be built mm-hmm. as the, the foundations of mm-hmm. training. I mean, that's, you know, nutrition, your programming, yeah. um, and then your recovery. Recovery, Those, those yeah. are basically, you know, and those are the things you need to focus on. And if you have all those mm-hmm. things in check mm-hmm. and you still feel like you want to take some other supplements, you know, try different things, mm-hmm. um, fantastic. Go mm-hmm. for it. Um, because then you, you've already accounted for the, the big picture and, mm-hmm. and the supplement's just going to sort of fill in the, the small. The gaps. Yeah. That's why they're called supplements. Yeah. They're yeah, supplemental. It's, it's meant to supplement yeah. everything else, but and we people, lost that. Yeah, people get off of that. Some people just, just think they can eat once a day and take their supplements. They're going to see these crazy uh, like increases in, in just everything, but that's not like nutrition is the biggest part. And that's a lot of people don't realize for these guys who are out here that are taking stuff, especially in my field of sport with powerlifting and stuff, you know, some of the most famous guys, they're all on steroids. But a lot of people don't realize these guys are really dialed into nutrition. Because if you if you do research and stuff on, like, trinitestine and, you know, testosterone and steroids, you can take as much steroids and stuff you want. But if you don't train right, if you don't eat right, it's still not going to make too much of a difference besides some size and then strength. That's about it. But to be built like a lot of these guys, like, a lot of these guys want to be built like Arnold. You know, in order to do that, you still have to know how to eat, recover, and all that, or it's just not going to work. Absolutely. And, and so, you know, on, on that topic of, of performance-enhancing drugs, performance-enhancing drugs, I will never endorse and never, never say that mm-hmm. they should be used. But for the elite-level athletes, as you were saying, the powerlifters, mm-hmm. the top bodybuilders in the world... You know those top open bodybuilders mm. that are absolutely massive, like the Kai Greens and the Phil Heaths. Plus pounds. Yep. Obviously, we know that there is some assistance from that, but the assistance isn't to get them from the average person up to that. They're already at such an elite level, level yeah. that the average person couldn't even hope to be there. Yeah, and then they're taking something to give them that slight edge. Mm-hmm. But what we really need to do. Um, is being much, much better about getting all types of performance-enhancing mm-hmm. drugs out of the normal gym scene. Mm-hmm. Because somebody who's doing it to look good, somebody who's doing it just to be mm-hmm. fitter, just to be stronger, mm-hmm. um, we need to be much better mm-hmm. about educating them mm-hmm. about the health risks of that type mm-hmm. of stuff um, because it is just far, far too common. And that's and, and in this area, I don't, I don't think I see a lot of that here in, in Charlottesville, in this part of Virginia. Um, not saying that it's not out there, but here you don't really see a lot of that. I know personally some guys that do take stuff, um, and they're certainly not built like the people who we see, which is kind of like a good, you know, way to to dial into that. These guys are also taking, you know, trend tests and steroids, and they're still not getting the same results as the guys who are pro who are doing it. So I I think that's a that's one of the things that needs to be really focused on is people who train. In kind of like an average setting, you know, they're not at a really high level. They don't need to take that stuff to to be that level unless they, you know, get to that level first and then they know how to do it safely or they know the information behind it. Instead of just seeing these guys doing it, they're like, okay, I can. If they if they're doing it, I'll take this stuff and I'll get to that level too. That's that's not how it works at all. Like yeah. these guys, they know the research. They have people on their team that help them research that teach them how to do it, that, that put the nutrition in there, that put the programming, and then the recovery. The average person is not going to know how to recover like an elite bodybuilder yeah. or an elite powerlifter yeah. that's on you know PEDs or something, or even athletes. 
Same thing with athletes. You have athletes now who are getting like my favorite team is Texas. Brian Cushing gets popped with PEDs every year. Yeah. And you know you have other guys who see him do that. They start taking PEDs, and you know they're just on an average level. He's already an elite football player, so that's just giving him an edge. You you won't even get close to where he is until you know the game itself or you've had enough experience in it overall. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, it is so – so everybody's going to have a, a genetic limit and sort of a genetic potential, and, and that's where, um, you know, once you reach that genetic limit and genetic potential, as, as mm-hmm. you were talking about for, like, the elite powerlifters, elite football players or, or something like that. Um, but as I said, you know, we need to be much, much better about educating mm-hmm. people of, of the health risks. Um of, of all these things, mm-hmm. not not even just those those types of things, but you know all these supplements that people mm-hmm. are taking because the supplement industry isn't mm-hmm. very regulated. People don't know exactly what they're putting in. Some pretty mm-hmm. big companies have been hit with mm-hmm. lawsuits over mislabeling products. Yeah. A very big company a couple of years ago was hit because they found toxic levels yeah. of, of heavy metals yeah. in their protein powder. Um, so we, we need to start mm-hmm. cleaning up the fitness industry yeah. a little bit more. But as I said, maybe I'm too optimistic, mm-hmm. but I think in general things are, are yeah. actually starting to trend in the yeah. right direction. Yeah, because you notice, you notice maybe like a few years ago, um, a lot of big brands were actually getting sued and getting caught with things that a lot of people didn't even know about. And if you notice most mainstream products, um, a lot of them aren't FDA approved. They're not really researched. And I see now a lot of smaller uh, nutrition companies that are popping up they're kind of blowing up especially in what i do um they have all that testing behind them and even even for me switching to stuff like that i've noticed a huge difference and not only in the gym but even outside of the gym because i mean at the end i'm still putting this stuff in my body yeah so i i've definitely seen a big difference in the stuff that is not um proprietary yeah, or yeah. you know it's it's actually research and it's they're not adding in a bunch of artificial dyes colors or like you said like there's metals and stuff that they're finding and, or and I think we're under this illusion that if we can go into a store and buy something that it can't be that dangerous because yeah, how would they be able to sell exactly it? and that is so exactly so far from the mm-hmm. truth that has to be on us. Mm-hmm. We have to understand mm-hmm. what we're taking. We have to mm-hmm. research all the things we're taking. We need to research the brands mm-hmm. that we're using. Um, and so on that front, I think that companies that sell pro-hormones mm-hmm. and those types of things, um, you know, I think that's extremely dishonest. Mm-hmm. I think that they need to take a really hard look at themselves mm-hmm. in terms of what they want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, Employees and, and and people who push that, I think it's it's very very wrong, and um, that's something that I'd really mm-hmm. like to see change. And and I really hope that there will be a mm-hmm. crackdown on those types of, of the ethics behind it, yep. and sort of mm-hmm. those legal types of mm-hmm. steroids very very soon. Mm-hmm. I used to uh, work within a supplement company. I, I used to work at a supplement store, and um, I, I saw when I was in there some of the guys that I worked with, even the manager would just sell whatever was big or whatever was hot. And then when I was in there, people would talk to me, and they'd be like, well, so-and-so recommended this. I'd be like, don't take it. I was like, first of all, I've never taken it. I know they haven't taken it, so I wouldn't suggest it to you. I'll suggest this. I'm not going to say it's the greatest, but I've taken it, and I know I didn't have any adverse effects. It, it didn't, um, you know, mess with my body, and, you know, I, I liked it. So that's kind of how I did stuff. I was honest about it. And, you know, from there I noticed that people were more receptive to wanting to come in and buy supplements. But then you 
I would also tell them, hey, you know, most of it's nutrition at the end of the yeah. day and, and just knowing how to work out uh, in a way that's not putting too much stress on your body, especially if you're not at a level where you're used to training or working out as hard. Um, I noticed more people want to actually work out when I did that because they, they felt a little bit better about what they were buying and, you know, they, they had more information. There was more science behind it. It gave them a little bit more of peace of mind instead of, you know, taking the product and then, you know, trying to wait it out to see if something happens. Yeah, and, and you're giving power back to them then mm-hmm. because it's not saying you need to take this product to get to where mm-hmm. you want to be. You're telling them you need to put in the work to get to where mm-hmm. you want to be. Here's a product that's going to help you on mm-hmm. that journey. And those exactly. are two very, very mm-hmm. different things. And that can have a very, very big role in somebody's um, mental approach and mm-hmm. in how healthy they are in terms mm-hmm. of their mental approach to health and fitness. Yeah. Because we also have to understand that fitness, nutrition, all these things are a very, very slippery slope mm-hmm. to people becoming far too obsessive about both training, uh, yeah, exactly. Like strength training, uh, cardio, mm-hmm. nutrition, all those types of things. Yeah. It is a slippery slope, you know, leading to um, more like exercise type anorexia where people are just trying to burn off as many yeah. calories as they're intaking. Um, more orthorexia where people mm-hmm. are so focused on healthy or clean eating but yeah. don't really understand um, proper macronutrients and, yeah. and micronutrients. So kind of give a, you know, kind of um, your synopsis um, briefly on the difference between micro macro and good ways to track them and to you know stay on top of you know knowing what you're putting into your body yeah yeah and so um, macronutrients uh, your three main macronutrients are carbs fats and, and protein mm-hmm. um, so we need a healthy balance of all of those there's not one of those that's bad a lot of people um, want to say like oh you should stay away from carbs if you want yeah. to lose weight and, and those and you, types of people things. don't realize you need carbs I, exactly you need, Car- you need carbs. carbs are going to be our, our quicker source of energy so carbs are generally our quicker source of energy mm-hmm. um, fats are crucial for hormone production mm-hmm. um, maintaining hormone um, st- stable hormone levels mm-hmm. especially while you're in a diet um, and protein is obviously incredibly mm-hmm. important for so many different functions in the body. Muscle um, repair recovery, stuff, yeah. muscle repair, mm-hmm. um, even your brain function. That's mm-hmm. going to require a significant mm-hmm. amount of protein each day. Um, so we need to do a better job of educating people mm-hmm. that there is not one macronutrient mm-hmm. that is bad or that yeah. we need to stay away from. That it's a, it's a healthy yeah. balance. All of fitness is a healthy balance. A lot of people are like afraid of carbs. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. I've, I've listened to a lot of studies and stuff on it. And even with like saturated fats now, they're finding that it's actually a myth that you should stay away from saturated fats like all that stuff aids in you know how you feel and even with lifting and you know your performance in um your progress um like ketogenic diets are like the big fad now and a lot of people are super afraid of carbs but a lot of people also don't realize like a lot of people who are doing keto they're getting in some carbs. It's very, very moderate, though. They, they do it in moderation. It's very light. They're not just going to eat a whole you know, piece of bread. They're, they're getting very minimal carbs with more fat and more protein. Yeah, and, and so a lot of times we focus on you know, the type of diet that somebody's doing, you know, whether it's a low-carb diet or a low-fat diet or something like that, when really at the end of the day, it comes down to energy balance. So if we want to lose weight, we need to be eating mm-hmm. fewer calories than mm-hmm. we're burning. If we want to put on weight, we need to be eating more calories than we're burning. So that's a very basic mm-hmm. concept, but we can't stop there. Mm-hmm. From there, so sort of the hierarchy of it. So mm-hmm. first we have calories. Then mm-hmm. under that, we have macronutrients. Mm-hmm. How are those calories broken down? Carbs, fats, protein. That's going to be based on individual mm-hmm. needs, um, personal preference mm-hmm. a little bit. 
personally, I do very, very badly on a low carb diet. I just feel. I do. Yeah, I, th- um, I feel like I'm. Yeah, yeah, I have but, no energy. But then like, some people, you know, they love fine it on, yeah. on a low carb diet, and it actually might even perform a little bit better. Um, now on that front, and I think it's become very, very popular to sort of follow the like if it fits your macros, mm-hmm. IAFYM type approach. Um, but what we started finding with that is people were then just focused on macronutrients. Mm-hmm. So people weren't making the distinction between, let's say, what example, you know, a pizza versus like a balanced meal, yeah. as long as the protein, the carbs, and, and ma- the fats match up, match, exactly. matched up. Yeah. And that's not what it's about. Um, IAFYM, if it fits your macros, is meant to get people away from a very rigid approach of dieting where you're not able to go out with your friends, you're not able to enjoy yep. life, um, and it gives you the ability mm-hmm. to make allowances. Yeah. But the, the majority of our diet still should be made up of whole, un, unprocessed food as mm-hmm. best we can. Um, a good rule of thumb for that is about 80% of your diet should be whole, unprocessed, mm-hmm. nutritious sources, and then about 20%, you know, we can be a little bit more relaxed mm-hmm. with in moderation. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need to be thinking about those micronutrients as well. So basically micronutrients are going to be all the other vitamins and minerals, minerals yeah. um, that, that we need to be keeping some sort of track of mm-hmm. as well. So supplementing like a multivitamin can be helpful mm-hmm. to sort of just cover your bases. But like you a green powder. To, a green yeah. powder can be great to cover your bases. But you also have to understand that, again, like we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. it's a supplement. It's mm-hmm. meant to supplement your diet. Mm-hmm. So you should still be looking for vegetables, all different colors, because mm-hmm. actually that's a good way to think about mm-hmm. it because different vegetables of different colors definitely have mm-hmm. are generally have different types of micronutrient mm-hmm. makeups um so that's a good way to think about it and just getting variety in your diet um and so if we're thinking about those micronutrients and we're thinking about those food choices then we can still follow that if it fits your macros mm-hmm. approach but the reality is is we're still going to be eating you know those whole long processed food sources and generally some of or a good portion of that diet is going to be a little bit more uh, like the bro food, the clean food, and, yeah. and things mm-hmm. like that. But we need to be really careful not to fall into that trap of going like into the clean eating trend mm-hmm. because that's where you know it's a slippery yeah. slope into something like mm-hmm. orthorexia or something yeah. like that. It's it's IFYM is is meant to all be about flexibility with your diet yeah. while still mm-hmm. being able to eat. flex dieting is what yeah. I, I, flexible diet. Yeah. yeah. So like because um you'll see like, a good example is like um somebody like the Rock. The Rock's very honest with, you know, his nutrition. Uh, every Sunday, you know, I'm, The Rock is very flexible with his diet. Every Sunday, he'll put up a picture of him eating 12 brownies and probably eight pancakes. And he can do that because he knows exactly what he's putting into his body. His body knows how to, to work along with what he's eating because he's 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 done the training and the research. And he's put the time in to figure all of that out. Yeah. And, and he's found that balance between... Being very dedicated, reaching mm-hmm. his goals, and still enjoying life. Yeah, fitness isn't meant to be exclusive. It's, yeah. it's not meant to be the only thing where you can only hang out with your friends that also are into the same, you know, fitness <laughs> routines as you. Yeah. Like, what's the point of living? What's the point of being fit then? Yeah, like if you can't actually live enjoy your life. it. Yeah, so exactly that. Um, you know, whether people want to call it a cheat meal or a free meal, or mm-hmm. you know, just be a little bit more relaxed with their diet at mm-hmm. times. It's it's all about mental sanity mm-hmm. and, and making sure that we're still able mm-hmm. to enjoy life while mm-hmm. still reaching our goals. And, I, and that's sort of the other side of the fitness industry is where you have these people that almost want to do something a certain way because mm-hmm. it's difficult and because they can tell people how hard they yeah. worked at something. Well, if you want to work really hard at something just to say you worked hard at something, yeah. I can find a lot of other things that you should probably do other than fitness. Yeah. 
Um, because fitness is so encompassing, mm-hmm. you know, that's all of your nutrition. That's all of your mm-hmm. waking hours. You're probably mm-hmm. going to be thinking about something to do with training. You need yeah. to be prioritizing sleep. Yeah. Um, it's exhausting. Yeah, so we have to allow for some flexibility in mm-hmm. that if we want it to be sustainable. And like we talked about, if it's not sustainable, mm-hmm. you're never going to reach your goals because your goals are probably 12, 15, 20 years down yeah. the road. I've noticed, um, I feel like most people who are, are really passionate about, you know, the fitness industry and, uh, you know, their craft and their training, at some point you do kind of hit that point where it's just mentally taxing. Because I know I have a lot of days where even I'm at work and I'm thinking about, you know, uh, hitting my reps later in the gym or um, I, I even have days where I get frustrated because I feel like I didn't get in enough protein or something like that. And, and then when somebody does want to hang out, like my girlfriend, she wants to do something or friends want to go do something, I won't do it because I, I feel like it'll ruin my progress. And I feel like um, that's just not the, the good way to do it because as of lately, I figured out like, you know, maybe if I, if, I, if I go out, it's not really going to hurt me. I need to have fun with it because yeah. if I stress about it too much, it's going to affect me in the gym tomorrow. Yeah. It's going to affect me overall instead of just, you know, loving and having fun with it. And, and that's where people need to prioritize. If your goals are just to get better in the gym, if your goals are just to get stronger, maybe get leaner, um, get a little bit more muscular, you are absolutely going to have to sacrifice, but you're not going to have to make these massive lifestyle changes. changes. Yeah. But where it is different is for mm-hmm. somebody who really wants mm-hmm. to compete. Mm-hmm. Somebody like you who's getting ready yeah. for a meet. You mm-hmm. had to be very Yeah, it's, a different, it's different then, yeah. You have to prioritize that training. Um, for the bodybuilding show that I did, I prepped for 16 weeks. So that was 16 weeks, not missing a single day of tracking, hitting my macros exactly for 16 days or 16 weeks. Um, so was that difficult on the people around me, my girlfriend? Absolutely. Like, yeah. you have to understand that if you're going to go that route, you're asking everybody around you to sacrifice as well. Yeah, because they have to be supportive of that. They have to understand there's going to be days where you're just in different moods. Yeah. That's because, like, at that point, you're you're an athlete. You're an athlete, and then it's it's more of a business then instead of just a hobby because you have you feel like you have something to lose at the end of the day. Definitely, definitely, and um, that that's not a reason not to do it, but just be honest with yourself. I think so many people, whether it's in powerlifting or whether it's in bodybuilding, so many people get into competing so quickly now. Mm. And again, I don't want to tell people what they should or shouldn't do, but I think people need to build a foundation, and and exactly. people need to learn to love the process before mm-hmm. they get really results driven before mm-hmm. they get focused on you know what weight can I hit in a meet what lifts mm-hmm. can I hit in a meet or where am I going to mm-hmm. place in a bodybuilding show um, because if that's what you're focused on you know you're, you're missing the point yeah. of all of this that, yeah, that's not why exactly. we're doing this the people who are really successful in any one of those mm-hmm. sports they would lift they would work out. They would pay attention to what they're eating, regardless of whether they're yeah. competing or not, yeah. because it's something that they love. Yeah, they love. Like a lot of people, you know, I have my my meet coming up, and a lot of people ask me, you know, uh, what do you what do you think you're going to hit on bench? What do you think you hit a squat, deadlift? I'm like, honestly, I have a, a gauge of what I, you know, I want to hit around, but honestly, I'm just going to just go off of just you know just the atmosphere and just when I'm in the moment. Instead of I, because if I sit here and stress about what if I don't hit it, what I'm gonna do, then that's just gonna ruin the whole day, and then I that could you know hinder my you know ability to perform well. Like my my thing is I want to go out there and have fun with it, just because I love competing. You know, being an ex football player, you know, played in college, you know, being an athlete growing up as a kid, 
I played those sports and loved those sports, and I loved football enough to go into college just because it was fun for me. I didn't I didn't think about it too deeply as you know to the point where it was messing me up because I was um, being so involved in it to where it was taking the fun out of it. It was you know I, I did well with it because I did have fun with it and I did love it, and I feel like a lot of people lose that once they try to jump into something without establishing that love for it first or why they want to do it yeah like so for me for this first meet um i'm I'm definitely anxious i'm nervous but i've put in work for a long time to know you know that i'm still going to love it even if i don't do exactly how i want to do in the meet it's still going to be something i'm still going to you know train for and go for and continue with just because it's not it's not always meant to be perfect, and that's that's the beauty of it. It's always you're always progressing, no matter what. Whether you progress in a meet or you progress in your training, it's it's always a time to get better, and everything's a learning experience. Absolutely, I think that's a great way to put it. There's there's always time to get better, and um, I think that's what's different about competing in some fitness related thing, whether it's more powerlifting or strongman or bodybuilding or something. Is generally when you go to a meet, um, although I guess powerlifting and and strongman there's a little bit more of actual performance on that day Mm -hmm. but even for that all your training's done you you relatively already know what your strength is Mm -hmm. you should have been hitting somewhere around those numbers Mm -hmm. somewhere in training so it's not like you need to go out and perform like for 90 minutes in a soccer game or something like that and apply all those skills Mm -hmm. you know the vast majority of the work 99 percent of the work was done weeks ago Exactly. So it's, it's exactly. Really just putting it on, you know, mm-hmm. putting the show on, yeah. um, in in showcasing mm-hmm. what you work. At so that point, it's on. just focus. At yeah. that point, yeah. And and that doesn't take the stress away. Like I, as I was saying to you earlier, I was terrified that, that <laughs> week before my show. Yeah. Like, I was freaking out about everything. Mm-hmm. But when it came time to actually compete, and when I got there that morning, um, that's what I just kept telling myself: is I already put in the work. Yeah. You know, I already did this. Yeah. You know, I, I did this weeks mm-hmm. ago. This this was a sixteen yeah. week process to get here. Yeah. Now I'm just showing people what I did for sixteen exactly. weeks. Exactly. At at that point, it's just staying true to yourself. At that point, yeah. Um, instead of, because for me, whenever I compete, I don't even really worry about other people. Like I can understand somebody may have trained better than me, or they they may have you know did something different that I didn't do. But I know for me, it's more about proving something to myself. Like I did it. You know, I worked this hard for for this reason, and now I'm. Sh- Proving to myself, for the most part, that I can still do it and love it while I do it, and um, you know, for even people in bodybuilding, uh, the people that stay within it for a long time because they love it, you know, because you're not gonna you're not gonna always win. Um, there's always gonna be somebody out there who who may just did something different than you and it just worked in that moment, or somebody who just has much better genetics than you. Exactly, in exactly. Um, you know, that's the reality. You might show up to a show and somebody might have been training for two years mm-hmm. in just freaky genetics and, you yeah. know, that's who they are and they're going to be a pro mm-hmm. um, by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's, that's not what it's about. And, and it's, it's, I'm hesitant to say that it's just about competing with yourself because mm-hmm. at some point it is a competition. You yeah. know, you're on a yeah. platform mm-hmm. competing against other mm-hmm. people or you're on stage, you know, mm-hmm. posing up against other people. But you have to approach it like you're just trying to better yourself. yourself exactly. Um, because otherwise, if you're always focused mm-hmm. on what somebody else is mm-hmm. doing, 
that's where you're going to get uh, exactly bought. You're, that's where you're going to buy into all these scams of like, mm. you know, take this product, do mm. this program, or do something like that. Because you're always focused mm. on the shortcut fixes. Mm. How can I beat that guy? How mm. can I do something better than that guy? Whereas if you're just focused on the progression, it's so rewarding too. Yeah. Because right after this, I'm going to go do a workout, and I know that tomorrow I'm going to be a little bit better than I was the day before. Day before. So that every day, every day I know I'm getting better. Mm. Every day I know I'm getting better. And that's what satisfies exactly. me. That's why I love this. Um, it's not competing. You know, I have plans to, um, that I'm going to compete again this summer. I'll probably do two or three shows in a row. Um, but I'm under no illusions that I'm going to compete for the rest of my life. I have, you know, I have expectations. I would like to get yeah. to a, a you, specific point. But you never but, know what's going to happen. Next yeah, day, and, and you know, day. after this next show, I give myself the power to decide that I never want to compete again. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to be in the gym five or six days a yeah. week doing the same thing. Because, because I love, love working the out. actual gym, mm -hmm. the, the gym aspect of it. And now I'm owning a gym, mm -hmm. so I better love the gym yeah. aspect you, of you it. You have to now, especially, you know, owning a gym. You're here every day. Yep. So, and that's a, kind of the same thing for me. Just I've always had that love of, you know, you know, working out and competing and doing something athletic. And I know when this is all said and done this over... I still have that passion for it, and at that point, is pushing uh, the culture forward and teaching other people. Like now, it's to the point where you know I, I want to get into uh, strength conditioning, coaching kids, because that's where it all starts. Is you know with kids, and a lot of a, a lot of times nowadays, these kids are all like I said, social media. I have a ten-year-old brother with an iPhone. He's seeing all this stuff, and he he may go into the gym and try to do stuff wrong, and that's where you know. It really shows the love for it, you know. When you are done, or when you're not in the gym, it's how you teach other people, and how you help other people hit their goals as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and so with the gym, with my personal training, that's mm -hmm. that exact same approach that mm -hmm. I have. Um, I have my personal goals, but being completely honest, like seeing seeing other people and, and the amount of other people that mm -hmm. now I can influence through this gym, reach their goals, have mm -hmm. a space to work through mm -hmm. their goals. Um, that's that's just as rewarding, if not more rewarding, than, than anything I'm going to mm -hmm. do on, on my own. And, and the more people we get in that position, like you were talking about, mm -hmm. you know, trying to give back, trying to you know mold the next generation, mm -hmm. the more people we can get doing that, the better the fitness industry, the better the world's going to be in the future. As a whole. Um, mm -hmm. Because we've started molding those people with the right information, grind, the, mm -hmm. the, the, the right approach. Um, you know, the, the power is with us. The, the power is, as I said, we can speak with our wallets. We can um, choose who we follow. We can choose, you know, what supplements we take. Mm -hmm. We can choose what programs we do. Um, we need to understand that we have that power mm -hmm. because as soon as we understand we have the power, then we can really start to mold the fitness industry mm -hmm. um, into what the fitness industry really should, should, be. Be, should be, which is about helping people get better, mm -hmm. helping people get healthier, mm -hmm. um, and, and just progression. And helping people understand as a whole how it works instead of just jumping into something uh, without really knowing what's going on, thinking that they're going to get a certain result when in reality they're just not going to because they don't fully have a grasp on things. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, we'll bring this episode to an end. Uh, that was Will Padgett Brown. He's the owner of Iron Will Gym in Charlottesville, Virginia. And I hope you guys got a, a really uh, good amount of information Um that you guys can use in every day in your training and whatever business or whatever you're doing. I hope we were able to give you guys something, you know, to, to take along with you.